Well, have you seen the movie The Shack by Paul Young? Well, The Shack is a book that's changing lives. It, uh, of course, was the number one New York Times bestseller. And recently I was over here at the Presbyterian Church in Vero Beach to see uh, Pastor Timothy Womack, uh, Dr. Timothy Womack. And, uh, of course, I don't know, how, how many years have you been here? I've been here 16 years. Is it 16 already? Yeah, it's like the um, Sound of Music song, 16 going on 17. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, yeah. So, so did, now, how long ago did you see this movie? I maybe saw this movie five weeks ago, The Shack. Yeah, I probably saw it three weeks ago. Um, I was leading a class on it. I went uh, to that class. Yeah, and I'd, I'd done a uh, study of it many years ago. I think the book came out in 2007, and so we had a... Um, study of it at that point is people were really interested in it so we've been on and off looking at the book and now the movie for some time now i would think there were going to be two sets of people that wouldn't like it those that uh, don't know the lord or you know are not religious whatsoever not, not not seeking a spiritual path and those that are perhaps new converts that are going to find it um objectionable in that god is played by a black older woman and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it totally b breaks the boundaries for me in a good way perhaps for you in a good way yeah it's it's great it's it's a book that causes you to think it engages you clearly it's not defining all there is to know about christian theology or broader theology some people have a hard time with it because Theologically, it doesn't go in certain directions. Uh, for example, uh, the kind of compassionate uh, way in which they treat judgment. Uh, certainly, there's no um, idea of like Dante's Inferno, different, yeah. yeah, Inferno. So, so the idea of judgment is dealt with in a way that some folks may not like. Again, the portrayal of God. Whenever you have what we in, in theology talk about a theophany, a physical manifestation of God, you can never come up with an appropriate or complete uh, manifestation. So people are not going to like that. People are going to be very uh, challenged by that. At the same time, I think the movie uh, and the book, of course, did a great job of dealing with the compassion of God in the midst of uh, the chaos in our own living. Yeah, now you you mentioned something interesting about you know uh, Dante's Inferno, and I'm sure as a pastor because I've noticed this in my life, is I notice as soon as somebody steps out of bounds, you know, I'll, if you're at the local car wash and you're sitting there at the counter and you hear people coming in, all of a sudden this person that's in the local news, the headlines, it's like stop on him, send him to jail for the rest of his life. I don't care if he dies, and that's actually a quote. I don't care if he dies in jail. I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody dying and i certainly don't want anybody dying in jail so you're right the movie handles in, in a very loving way uh that we go through our own separate hells right here on earth and 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 hopefully learning from them right it's very open in regard to their understanding of judgment yeah. um, the the main character mac has gone through a lot of hurts in his own life He's made a lot of poor decisions in his own life. He's harbored a lot of anger in his own life. So God isn't judgmental on Mac. Uh, he's not necessarily judgmental on those who tormented Mac. What 
the portrayal of God is in the movie is that God wants to be in relationship with all those people. Mac, his father, um, all, all the folks who have you know, disappointed God. God still very much cares for him. Again and again in the movie and in the book, uh, God continues to say to each character, I am particularly fond of you. And, you know, that's kind of the way, you know, they're portraying God, is God is fond of God's children and wants to be in relationship with all God's children, and everyone has feet of clay. And that's kind of how it's portrayed in both the book and the movie. Speaking about having feet of clay, just this morning I was listening to the Christian station in my car, and there's a new song out where he says, I'm a pastor, but I'm just like you. Never heard such a song before. In other words, I've had my doubts, too. I've had my ups and downs. You know, is that a tough thing? Because people want to want you to be like this solid rock, and you're not Jesus. You're you're just like me. Have feet of clay. Absolutely, all all people do. And so, is that tough though? It is a little tough. People look at you uh, a little differently, and, On and a right, pedestal, and rightly so. Uh, you know, you have taken ordination vows. Most of us in in a cleric setting, a minister, a priest, a rabbi, we've taken ordination vows. We've made certain promises. So people should hold us to uh, fulfill those promises, no doubt. At the same time, we're flesh and blood. We we're, we're, have our weaknesses. We have our strengths. We have our, our um, you know, our, our problems, just like everybody else. So you take that with an appropriate balance. You never worship any human being and, and put them on a pedestal they don't deserve to be on. I'm wondering, actually, in a sense, it might be easier for you in that you haven't got the time. I know how busy you are over here at the at First Presbyterian Church right, right here, Royal Palm Point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you've got so many lives to focus in on, it's uh, you don't have really time to indulge yourself in your own problems. It's like the guy that has a bunch of children. His parents die. You know, yeah, I miss him. I love him. But I haven't really had time to grieve because I'm taking care of these kids. Right. Well, there's no doubt about that. Um, at the same time, one of my personal pet peeves are uh, ministers or clerics that complain too much. Uh, at the same time, this is, the, the I think, the best job in the world because, for example, in my tradition, I get to be invited into people's lives when babies are born. I get to be in li- invited into people's lives when uh, there's baptism, when there's confirmation, when there's marriage, when people are sick, when people are hurting, when they celebrate anniversaries, and even at the time of death. Some of the most intimate times in a person's life. And, and ministers, clerics, we get invited into that all the time. It's a really uh, important role that we play. So... I certainly have no problems with the role that the minister plays. But you're you're very familiar with the frailty of humans, though. Absolutely, absolutely. Does that ever dissuade you? you, you, Can you relate to where in the Bible God says he repented of having made man? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm, you know, come out of a Presbyterian background, which historically were Calvinists, you know, and Calvinists believe in the total depravity of man or humankind, that all are sinful and... Um, and and one of the things I always tell people uh, is that I'm probably not a very good Calvinist because sometimes I'm, I'm very uh, uh, amazed by how good people sometimes are and, and the kindness and the generosity. Um, so, you know, it, it is this balance that, yeah, people are going to disappoint you. And I think one of the things in, in the shack that's really important mm-hmm. is this main character, Mac, uh, he was 
being uh, physically abused by his father. He's being hit, and his father was beating his mother. And he went and confessed that to the minister. And the minister did nothing. The minister didn't confront the father. The minister just heard it and let it go. And so early on, Mac was disappointed in the church. And when we turn to the church to care for us, to love us, and and to help heal us, and the church doesn't respond, that can be a very painful and deep wound. And we at the church, in, in, in all religious settings, have a responsibility to respond because I, I really do believe that, you know, when you turn to a faith community, they're the people who should love you and care about you and nurture you. And when when they don't, and we're all made up of, again, human beings and we're frail, um, when they don't, it's particularly hurtful, particularly I, hurtful. I think it's really cool that you decided to have uh, th- this class on the shack. Uh, you read the book, and then the yes. movie came out. I did not read the book. I just went to see the movie. Uh, did it live up to your expectations? And can a movie ever do that? Because your imagination is always superior to... Right. The imagination is, is always superior to what you're going to see portrayed in, in, on the screen. I thought the movie did a fine job. It didn't get the totality of the book. Um, what was I, missing? Well, some of the other relationships with children, uh, and so they had to tighten it up a little bit. Uh, so that was that was okay, but I I thought the interaction uh, between the character Mac, um, his his wife who was already a person of faith, um, and uh, the children I thought he did a good job of that, and then introducing the theophany of God, the appearance of God as um, in essence Father, but portrayed as a, a black woman, um, the Holy Spirit portrayed as an Asian woman, and. Uh, even Jesus portrayed as truly a, an Eastern person. Yeah, not the blonde, blue-eyed that we're used to seeing not, in the paintings here in uh, America. Yeah, not the blonde, blue-eyed Jesus. That was not part of it. So well, I, he was. It says in the Bible that he, he I mean, if he's Mid-Eastern, he yeah, had to be dark-skinned. Had to be. Had to be. But our, our our own images sometimes keep us from seeing the reality. You know, that's true in, in all that we do. I, I think the, the, the book did a great job of portraying the love and the fellowship that God wants for God's people, and I think that um, I thought the I thought they did a, a pretty good job of portraying it. I was a little skeptical going into it that uh, the movie wouldn't live up to my experience of the book. Um, I thought they did a fine job. All right. So, uh, you, would you recommend this book to uh, to people? Uh, I mean, it's it's sort of like a classic now, isn't it? Well, I would recommend it. I, I know there are some folks that have some concerns over it. Because clearly it, it's, it's not all there is to either Christian theology or other theology. So it's incomplete. Uh, and if we look at it going into it, knowing that it's incomplete, that's fine. It's a great movie. It's a great book. It, it causes us to think. It com- causes us to examine our own, um, our own preconceived notions of God. And so I think that that's a, a great, great uh, part of the movie. And the book. I think the other aspect that why I would recommend the book and the movie is, you know, we all have wounds. We all have deep wounds. And I, if, if, we, if we have lived enough life, there are going to be times where we're angry at God. I share with folks all the time, we are finite. God is infinite. So we're always going to be a little frustrated at times. And so I think it's important that we take our wounds, we turn them over to God, um, and in the in the movie, they did a great job of God taking on 
the wounds of Mac and reminding Mac how deeply he's loved. And that gets at the heart of, I think, most religious life is that it is this kind of coming to grips with how much God loves us. Well, it's, it's got to be difficult because I'll talk about a wound. His, his daughter, his youngest daughter, of course, is killed. And, you know, what do you do with that? And killed by, a, a, I guess, a rapist murder whatever. They don't really yeah. go into definition or, or why, but uh, we all have questions of, uh, particularly as we get older, you know, where are my loved ones? Why did you take them? And where are you hiding those beautiful personalities? Right, and and that is the you know the crux of the movie. There's just this heinous crime against this beautiful young child, and you know. So one of the things about the movie at times, I found myself not being able to be pulled out from that dark place, uh, to not being be able to be brought up to a new place, and that's where the book wants to go. That's where the shack wants to go. Is that in the midst of our tragedy, in the midst of our pain. And God will work for something new. There's nothing good that took place in the loss of this child. The good comes in our response to tragedy. So the good comes in Max's response to meeting God and then going and living his, with his family in, in broader joy, helping and coming back into relationship with his older child that he was estranged from because of this accident. So... There's a great passage in Scripture, I think it's in Romans, where it says, God works for good for those who believe. In all things, God works for good for those who believe. It's not that there's any good in this tragedy. The good comes from our response to tragedy. And I think that's the key, and that's what happens in, the, in, this, uh, in this book and the movie. It's kind of cool the way it weaves. The, uh, you and I are, are you know, I'm fairly uh, knowledgeable about some of the scriptures and and so it was kind of cool they didn't say oh Romans 8:28 or John 3:16 but when when they were actually almost um, almost quoting different scriptures uh, it, it it held to that in other words it had an accountability what amazed me is how they pulled off keeping it credible without it being corny i can't imagine uh, what a challenge that was to the director to pull that off. And, uh, did, by the way, did, did, do you know if Paul Young did the uh, screenplay, or do we know who did that? Uh, I am not sure. I imagine he had to be very much involved in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that was a very difficult thing to pull off. It would have been very easy for it to have been corny. It would have been yeah. very easy for it to be preachy. Yes. Um, I thought they did a good job of that not happening. Being a preacher, my level of being preachy is maybe at a different place than other people. So maybe somebody else thought it was a little preachy. I thought they did a good job of trying to reveal a loving, compassionate, gracious God. I don't find you preachy, by yeah. the way. Oh, good, good. Well, any, I mean, any, any person of faith has to struggle with the reality of evil. You have to struggle with the reality of pain and hurt. And the book does, the, the movie does, yet it allows us to come to a new place after we have processed our guilt and pain and anger. One of the big things Mac has to let go of is his anger, and he has to learn to forgive. Uh, forgive himself, forgive maybe his older daughter, maybe there's some anxiety there. Forgive God, because you know he blames God for this. Um, and in, in the, 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 one of the great scenes of the movie, he even has to come to a point where he forgives the killer, which incredibly difficult, unimaginable thing to do. 
Yet it's in this forgiveness that we are freed to to go about life. You know, many times I hear folks talk about it where if we harbor anger uh, and and uh, frustration towards someone, we allow them to guide and dictate our behavior. When we forgive and not forget, forgiving and forgetting just simply means that you may have a memory disorder. You don't forgive and forget. You forgive and remember. And then they no longer have control over you. And that's really what is lived out with Mac. Once he's able to forgive all of these characters, including God, he's then able to go and live in a relationship with God that's full of joy, full of grace, and full of communion with his family. So don't give up your power to unforgiveness. In other words, we all heard that analogy of you've got two glasses of water. And the one glass of water is angry with the other glass, so he pours anger into himself, which is salt. It only affects that glass of water. It doesn't affect the other one. The other one's having a very pleasant day. And so in in a way, you're giving up your power to that other person. And if you want to be invincible and be the winner, forgiveness is the way to go. It's a much easier path at life. Yeah, no no doubt about that. No doubt. You you know, it, it just is a waste of time to you know require our pound of flesh out of everyone mm-hmm. um that that sins against us mm-hmm. you know in in and it's so often in those little things i know sometimes when i go up here to Publix and someone has left a shopping cart in the in the parking lot right there where i want to park <laughs> you know that's where i get a little judgmental i say why didn't you know why didn't these people take that back lazy well, bum that's right maybe maybe there was a reason they didn't um, I need to let that go and not let that well, bother like my When somebody's driving in my lane, the passing lane, that's my lane, get out of my lane. Yeah, I know. And they're all those. And, and it's maybe it's also like sports teams, you know. Our, our sports team may be far removed from us if they lose, uh, and it, it ruins our day. I mean, wh- how can we allow that to happen? I and I think the same is true with uh, not allowing uh, people to be forgiven is that we just harbor so much animosity and anger that it it affects us in unhealthy ways and i the book certainly and the movie certainly bring that out in in wonderful wonderful ways yeah the shock by poyo uh, finally you know uh, uber's changing our lives it's the most successful uh, taxi cab company that ever existed and yet they don't own one vehicle it's strictly software and they're saying within 15 years they think none of us will be driving cars anymore now if these cars can communicate with each other it's going to be this is the speed this is when you're going to get there, but it's going to change a lot of frustrations. Because I don't know about you, but I remember when I was 17 and I got my license, within a year I recognized that my personality had changed. I was irritable, more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so sure how good driving cars in a thick society is. Well, I mean, just think of it like this. Think of it, you know, in, in 20 years maybe. Uh, think about how many people have in our community have to give up their cars because they they just can't drive. Maybe they can't see well, or mm-hmm. maybe their uh, attention, their ability to make decisions quickly isn't as effective as it was. Mm-hmm. So let's say Publix uh, buys a fleet of automatic driving cars. They can go to someone's address. They can pick them up. They go to the store. Publix makes money on those people shopping at their store. They oh, still yeah. have their freedom. I think that's I think that's the way the world's so going. When I get old, yeah, we won't be shut in. 
Yeah. Well, I may be a shut-in, but my children won't be shut-in. They'll have automatic cars. They'll take them where they want to go. One final thing, Pastor, uh, is that uh, is there any chance at the first uh, Presbyterian church here on Royal Palm Point, maybe in the future, when this is no longer, uh, shock is no longer at theaters, having... You know, in that beautiful new building you have right. back here, you right. could project the movie and imagine you getting up afterwards and having these conversations. And uh, and also, when we had the, when you gave the class, some people standing up and you go, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Or, oh, wow, somebody else felt the same way I did. Yeah. We, we're, we, we're very um, open to that. We, we do that often with different movies or different talks. For example, right now there's a... A series. I, I don't know whether it's on National Geographic, the story of God, and we've begun to kind of unpack that a little bit because for some that's kind of challenging. That's with Morgan Freeman, and so we certainly would do the same thing with the Shack. You know, we're right in the middle of Holy Week. Uh, you know, and and for Christians, um, uh, next week we will hear the companion uh, account of Jesus coming to the upper room, and we're going to hear about doubting Thomas, who questions everything. And I love Thomas because he does question everything. And I think we shouldn't talk about him as doubting Thomas. We should talk about him as questioning Thomas. And without the questions, we'll never get the answers. So it's okay to question. It's okay. And you've got to ask the questions. And so we have a very conversational style when we do Bible studies or reviews of movies or unpack things. And you've got to have that. Never be afraid of asking a question because if you've got the question, odds are someone else in the class or your family or your community has that very same question. So they're always good, you know, always necessary. Okay, Pastor Womack, one of the services here at the First Presbyterian Church on Royal Palm Point. Services are 8, 9, and 11. I would say we do have summer services coming up. They will be 8.30 and 10, and that begins on Memorial Day, inclusive of Memorial Day. All right. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure, and I encourage you to go watch The Shack. Yes, I want to watch it again. Uh, I'm definitely going to be buying a copy to support good motion pictures like this being made in Hollywood. The Shack by Paul Young. We've been talking with Pastor Womack over here at First Presbyterian Church on Royal Palm Point. This is the Mayor of the Airways. Got to take a break. We'll be back. It's not over yet.